0: A zombie I've been
1: bitten. Ah! you're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere zombies ate my podcast hello and welcome to zombies ate my podcast i'm your host ryan murphy and joining me as always is the busy zombie lore lou page how's it going lou
0: man i wish i could talk to, speak in japanese because that's totally what i would be doing right now
1: that's true uh our our whole uh our whole podcast in 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 japanese would be very fitting this week because we are going to be talking about one cut of the dead with which is a uh, japanese horror film Um, We obviously watched it with subtitles, and, uh, you know, gotta say, really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to talk about it, Uh, but we will get to it uh, later on. Um, But we are going to start off the show with the news.
0: The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions, and then is spreading rapidly.
1: So unfortunately, we're going to start with some sad news here, uh, and I know a lot of zombie fans, especially those that are paying attention to The Last of Us on HBO, uh, were probably really sad to hear that Annie uh, Orshing, uh, who played Tess in The Last of Us, has passed away at the age of 45. Uh, she had been suffering from cancer since the summer of, of 2020, where she was diagnosed and and uh, yeah, we were talking about this pre-show and I had not realized uh, how much she has been in uh, outside of The Last of Us, uh, even in shows that I, I recognized. I mean, Lou, Lou and I both love The Rookie and you had mentioned she played um, the,
0: the there's, the there's the crazy redheaded serial killer chick that, chases, that has a fixation with the main character by the end of like the first season or two. And yeah. uh, that was played by her which was surprising uh as I was telling Ryan pre-show uh spoiler uh she dies in the first episode of this new season or like the second episode of this new season and uh it comes out of left field and now knowing that she was fighting cancer and that 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 that, that she's passed I'm not surprised that they killed her off the way they did it made total sense knowing what was going on because her character was such a big part of that show
1: she was also in uh a a TV show called Timeless, which I remember watching a little bit of.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, Yep. She was, she was a bad guy in that too.
1: Oh, was she? I think, I I mean, it's hard to tell just based on what I remember. Yeah. But she was in it. Um, But yeah, she, uh, I had no idea um, that, I mean, obviously when you play a video game, uh, the character uh, is sort of front and center. And sometimes the actor does kind of fall behind that character, right? Like, because it's not, it's not their likeness or...
0: They usually do the mocap, though, so I'm guessing she probably did the motion capture for it.
1: Yes, she did the mocap, Cause... she did the voice, for sure. I don't know if her... Yeah, so she did voice and performance capture for Tess in the video game The Last of Us. Um, I don't believe it was her likeness, though.
0: No, it was not.
1: And also, if you, if you see Tess in The Last of Us Part 1 remake and The Last of Us... PS4 and PS3 version. It it looks like a completely different character, just the work that they put into it with the remake. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean it's it's incredibly sad news. I know I i found out through Twitter, I follow Neil Druckman, the uh you know, co-creator of The Last of Us, had posted on Twitter and then everyone kind of picked it up from there. But um there is a GoFundMe that's being operated by the family. Uh, I think last I checked, uh, they're at you know there are over two hundred thousand dollars raised. Um, so yeah, it's uh, incredibly sad. Our thoughts are obviously with the family and uh, you know, all of her family and friends and and whatnot. So, um, yeah, we wanted to touch on that on the show tonight because it is it is zombie related, and like I said, it's it's incredibly sad. So,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but speaking of The Last of Us, uh, it's been renewed for a second season on HBO um confirmed to be adapting part two it's going to be interesting to see how they do that i think that there is uh there's a there's a time jump between part one and part two
0: there's a time jump and i've heard a rumor that they may not that this is not going to be an immediate to recording like they're not going to just start shooting there may be a two-year gap or three-year gap between their recordings so that would give them a chance to age up characters or let uh let uh the actors get a little bit older
1: yeah, well, I think the the main concern would be, you know, Bella Ramsey playing a 14 year old right now at the age of 19. And then she would obviously she, she would have to be and look older to play part two Ellie. Now, I'm not saying that would be impossible. I think it's possible that she could continue to play the character. And I hope she does because she's fantastic in, in season one so far. Uh, but it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, I feel like there will be a break in between. Uh, as you said, like they they started filming The Last of Us in like 20 between 2020 and 2021. So they haven't started shooting yet. So that hasn't happened yet. So if they start shooting in like, say, 2024 or late 2023, you know, it it could work out. I mean, I have faith in in them adapting this and I know they're going to do it right and if they decide to recast Ellie, or if they decide to keep Bella Ramsey, I think I trust them because so far part one is, <laughs> is fantastic. They're doing a great job with it. Um, so I do trust them which, whichever path they decide to take. But I, I agree with you, Lou, it's probably going to be a big, uh, big gap between the two. So, um, Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait for that. But we are at least getting all of part one with season one. I'm pretty sure that's happening. I'm like 99% sure we're getting the whole story in season one. Have you heard any different Lou?
0: No, I have not heard any different.
1: Okay, well, I'll take that as a positive. Um, Our next story here is this is a game we covered on our uh, 2023 preview It is called the Days Before, or well, it was supposed to be called the Days Before. It is a zombie-focused MMO that was supposed to come out in March, uh, but is now facing a uh, well, it's facing a nine-month delay. Um, Not strictly, there's some weirdness around this. At first, it seemed as though there was a nine-month delay in relation to a trade trademark dispute. So the game has been pulled from Steam. The store page has been taken down uh, due to the fact that a company has trademarked the days before, before this video game company could do it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I mean, I I was looking pre-show into this story and it seems as though they were always going to announce a delay. But this trademark dispute made it even more difficult <laughs> to to try to do that in a in a um. You know, softening the blow type way, <laughs> because delays suck. Everyone hates it.
0: I have a funny feeling that this is going to be a reoccurring story for the next year. Yeah, that there's yeah. going to be a lot of. There's going to be a. This is not going to be cut and dry. Uh, I'll be. I don't think that this game is going to be like shelved and we won't get it. But I think we will get it. But I. I'd be very surprised if we. I. I they they're postponing the launch to the November 10th. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it this time next year if we're lucky
1: yeah yeah there's no news on on how they're dealing with the trademark dispute it sounds as though they are working through it and seeing kind of like what they can do with that but um it was previously delayed due to switching to unreal engine 5 uh it was expected in 2022 then got pushed to 2023 march and now is looking at a november 10th uh, release date um Now, if you are curious about the game, they did just release a 10-minute gameplay video, so you can kind of check that out and get a better look at the game. But uh, we will be waiting until at least November. still coming in 2023, as they say. Who, Who knows if it gets delayed again? But as of right now, still a 2023 game. So fingers crossed that works out. Our next story here is Night of the Living Dead how do you feel about Night of the Living Dead getting into the podcast realm?
0: The scripted series. I, I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah? Yeah.
1: It's officially, I it can't. looks like it'll be officially licensed, at least.
0: Yeah, uh, well, that mo- there's been talk about another movie being done by a different director. There's been talk of a book. There was a book. There's talk of additional books. There's been a talk of a couple of other things. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that that this is being talked about um i think that this was kind of inevitable something like this uh so i mean i'm excited this is definitely something i'm always looking for something new zombie related to 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 listen to read or watch so this is definitely going on my list of things to keep an eye out for
1: yeah agreed yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this goes but it looks like uh bloody disgusting's bloody fm is going to be picking it up and there will be a twenty four episode run with a full cast and will be distributed by Synodigme Podcast Network. So uh, and yeah, it looks and and right now it looks like they're just looking for writers. so the the bloody disgusting team will then work with the selected writers to produce stories. So writers will be chosen to pen the stories following an application process through the George A. Romero Foundation. So they're working with the George A. Romero Foundation, which is a nice touch because as we know, Night of the Living Dead is kind of like it's publicly accessible, right? Like anybody could do a Night of the Living Dead project. It's, uh, but this is like with the, with the real deal. This is with, this is with the foundation. So Right.
0: This is with the foundation. So this is a legit project. So yeah,
1: well, that's good news. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. It sounds like it's a, Bit of the ways out, but uh, when it when it arrives and we can listen to it, as Lou says, when we have a trailer, we will revisit it, uh, even if it's an audio trailer. Um, now, again, here's some here's some other news. Now, uh, both Lou and I really enjoyed Back for Blood. I think Lou played it a bit more than I did, but uh, I did. Yeah, today Turtle Rock Studios announced that uh, they would they are they are ceasing post launch content support, which I know sounds bad. But it's not as bad as you may think. Um, because, Lou, as you said, all the DLC that they promised and had people pay for is, is out. It's it, That's been released, correct?
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the original plan was I think they were looking to do a season base. I think they were looking for the kind of tail legs that Lef, uh, Left 4 Dead had. And I think they were hoping that they could fill the void that Left for Dead had by keep putting out more DLC, more DLC, more DLC. And um, I don't, I think that this game sold really well up front, but my experience with it when I first played it was, it was good, but it was buggy, and every time I wanted to play it, I seemed to always have to download, like, five gigs of updates, and... The game kept getting larger, and every time I would download a new update and I would go into the game, it felt like they added some new mechanic or they took a mechanic away because it broke the game. And I felt like every time I play, launched it, I had to relearn something, or they would a, a stage I would play, they changed a m- mechanic or they changed something, and I felt like I was constantly having to relearn the game every time I played. Because I wasn't playing it every day, I was playing it once or twice a month, and it would be like, oh oh uh, okay that's different now oh oh this is different now and so i think that i think that pushed players away and i don't think that it had the tail i think they thought people would be playing this every day and i think it's got a fan base i just don't think it's the kind of fan base that keeps buying dlc or buys in-game purchases i think they were hoping to eventually include some in-game purchases and i don't think that that worked out the way they thought it would yeah
1: yeah and i mean like you know that is the that's the situation with most games i mean they have like a dlc and they have i'll be
0: i'll be happy as long as they don't tell me in six months they're turning off the servers because if they did i want a refund
1: yeah and and that's the thing i mean this is this is the problem with live service games and that's what happened with their previous live service game like evolve you can't play it anymore they took it down Right. right yeah yeah, so it's uh there is a bit of a precedence with the developer, although this is a different publisher. I think Back for Blood was Warner Brothers, whereas I think Evolve was 2K. I might have those
0: Yeah, no, you got it right. You got okay. it right. Uh Evolve was Warner Brothers, I think, and 2K. I think uh I know 2K for sure is involved in uh yeah, 2K is definitely involved in um Back for Blood. Yeah.
1: Now uh so my, my, my big thing is like, when I first read this, like, oh no, they can't be, can't be doing this before they release all the DLC, but the DLC is all out. And you know, that's, that's good. That's a check Mark in, in their field of like, okay, they did, they did the stuff they promised they were going to do. And as they say, they will keep the servers up. Uh, they have a, a healthy sort of community through the game being available on PlayStation plus extra and premium and Xbox game pass still. And uh, the game's seen lots of sales as well. So they will, as they say, they say they're a small team. The, uh, for a AAA studio, they are a small team. And what they need to do is they need to bring all their developers under one game in order to make that game work. And it, it just wasn't making sense to leave team members working on Back for Blood when they're needed on their next big game. Um, if that next big game happens to be like another multi well i'm sure it will be a multiplayer co-op experience and i mean personally it's like if you get your if you get your fun out of the game and they keep the servers running i think it's worth supporting the developer you know if if they do another multiplayer game but do you think it'll be back for blood 2 like or No they i think to- they're on
0: i think i think they've i think that they learned a lesson from this i think we're going to get a different type of multiplayer game yeah yeah,
1: well, there you go. Um, we've got one more story here, and this was a leak right up until uh, a couple days before recording when it was confirmed by Sony. But Evil Dead: The Game is to be featured next on PlayStation Plus in February. Uh, so, if you did not get a chance to pick up the sort of is it a is it a four v one? I guess it is like a. I don't. It's a. It's a co op
0: experience, is it not? It's a co op game. Yeah. Is what I understand.
1: Yeah. So it's a over the top co-op and PVP multiplayer action game play as a team of four survivors, uh, you know, trying to survive, inspired by all three original dead films, as well as Ash versus evil dead.
0: Yep. And and, and yeah. it was at, uh, it was free on Epic game store for a while too. They did it for, they did it for like a a month, I think, or something oh, like that. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I, cause I have a copy that I got for free. Huh? I missed that.
1: Or maybe I have it and I You know what? I think I do have it.
0: I think you do have it cuz I think we talked about it on this show cuz it wasn't that long ago. It was like maybe a month or two ago. Okay, let me look it up.
1: Let me Evil Dead.
0: I think it was for Halloween.
1: Yes. Why didn't I boot this up?
0: <laughs> yeah, I no, installed it, was- it as I I installed it as soon as I downloaded it and I was like, I'll wait for Ryan to download it and then I'll talk to him and then maybe we could play it together. And then we we've been all we've both been so busy that I we I forgot all about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it was free around November 18th, so uh, that's when I have, that's the sales receipt anyways. um, Well, there you go. Sometimes you forget when you redeem a free game, but um, if you want it on your PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, you can subscribe to PlayStation Plus and uh, redeem it starting February 7th. So uh, look forward to that. Lou, now we are going to jump into our movie of the week all right Lou we're here to talk about one cut of the dead which is a uh, well, here's here's the description on it, it, uh, it's
0: It's a meta, meta, meta movie.
1: Yes, exactly. But like, it's interesting because I I know I know we've talked about the film before and you explained it to me. And I think you explained it exactly as that. It's like kind of a film within a film within a film. But um, my brain kind of erased that part and just went with the IMDb description, which is things go badly for a hack director and film crew shooting a low budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility when they are attacked by real zombies. So I want to be upfront and honest. When I watched this film from beginning to end, during the first 40 minutes, I thought it was legit a zombie film being filmed that was then interrupted by real zombies. And that was the movie. And I mean, that's the intention, right? Spoilers, obviously, for this film. I feel like I feel like if, if you haven't watched it, pause this. Go watch it. I watched it on Shudder. Um, yep. I think that's where. Yeah, it's a Shutter exclusive. It's a it's a Japanese film, so it's if you don't speak Japanese, you'll have a, you'll have subtitles, and i th- I thought that was perfectly suitable. It worked great. I had no problems there. It it ran fine on Shutter, and um, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Honestly, the first forty minutes was like. Oh, is this it? I don't know, guys. This is, it's fun. It's a cool concept, but there's a lot of mistakes happening and a lot of weirdness, too. And, um, yeah. and,
0: and, and when you watch it, if you're a, I I don't know about, I don't know how much Japanese film you've watched, but they always are kind of weird, or there's some kind of cultural take that I don't always understand. And then I have to, like try to remember what I remember from watching a lot of anime or other Japanese films and be like, maybe that's a cultural thing. I don't understand, or I don't have a full concept of. And so the first time you watch it, you're like, that was kind of weird. Okay. That was like, like that looks like a mistake, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. And then as the movie goes on and you realize what's really going on, it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. All right. Okay.
1: A hundred percent. You, the, the film, so what happens is it like it does the zombie film and and then it's it shows the zombie film being interrupted and then our characters trying to get away. And it and it's played serious. It's played as though yeah, this is actually happening. Yeah. And part of me as a viewer is like, wow, they this is a this is a low budget indie film that is like using um, really, you know, uh, inexpensive effects and practical effects and dummies and stuff it's fun. It works. It does what it, it is, what it is. But then as the, that film wraps, you, you, you're out of that film and you're in, and it's one month earlier and you're thinking, Oh, they're going to tell the backstory of, of how they found the facility because the director supposedly summons the zombies because he wants the film to be, you know, realistic. It's all, it's he, it's his doing. Um, yeah. and and it zooms out and basically, no, it's, it's telling the story of how, this real life director has been asked to make a zombie film live uncut, you know, 40 minute live uncut film, uh, for for a news channel. Yeah. For TV. And, and,
0: and, and and not only that, but they want it to be all one take. And that's when it kind of dawns on you that the entire opening 37 minutes that you just watched was one take. Yeah. And, and, and according to, uh, according to trivia, uh they did that six times before they got one take. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. And it, if you yeah. sit through the and if you sit through the credits at the end, you can watch a brief clip of the making of the making of the making of the <laughs> making of the movie.
1: Yeah, it'd be really interesting to know, and maybe you know this because you said you watched the uh, the Joe Bob Briggs version or or previous yeah, they, version they, of it. They,
0: they, they they this has been out for a while and they did this for three or four years ago on last drive-in and it had been on my watch list and then when it showed up on there i was like oh good now i don't need to track this down again
1: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm curious uh when they when they filmed it did they do the one take zombie film and then did they go back and like shoot the in between because obviously like so what happens is we see the film then we see the making of that film.
0: We yeah we see we see him him in his real life, and you find out he's kind of like a math director that does documentaries and instructional videos, and you know you you get to meet the cast of his film crew. Like these are all people that he knows, and they're they all seem to have like a really close knit family type structure. And they all seem to really like him. And, you know, his kid's a little wonky. His wife's a little weird. They're all involved in all of his stuff. And it's kind of, kind of like a 30 minute sitcom, kind of, of him trying to get more work. And the TV executive is like, yeah, here's this crazy idea we want you to do. And you can tell he really doesn't want to do it. <laughs> but he's like, I need the work. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and so then it cuts to the last 30 minutes of the movie, which is, The thing you just watched being done again, but with another film crew following him, and it's not done all in one take this time. Instead, you're seeing the bits and pieces that were not part of the one take. Like at one point, the zombie guy throws up on somebody, and the guy's running around going gross. And you realize that that guy is an actor, and they're constantly hiding the booze because he's got a drinking problem. And you find out he snuck booze, and that's why he threw up on somebody. And so there's all these little cues and all these little things that you, the first time watching the movie, were like, that was weird. That was interesting. Why did they do that? And then you're like, wait, is that a gaff? Was there somebody there holding that guy so that he doesn't fall down? And then you find out, yeah, there was, because he was drunk. And the director was actually there behind him. And he like, like there's all these little things that you just, it makes the first film. When you're done with the first 37 minutes, you're like, all right, that was interesting like it's not it, like it's it's cool that it's one take it's cool that, that what they're doing but it's nothing that you're going to be like you'll be like that was neat and you it, and you sh- if that was all you got you'd shrug it and be like cool weird japanese a- a- zombie movie and then the whole subtext of what's really going on and them showing you the behind the scenes of like the fake movie making the fake movie of the making the fake movie or whatever you're like oh oh this is way more clever and way more uh, like interesting than i thought it was the first time i watched the when the first 37 minutes were
1: yeah yeah it's uh the 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 interesting and most enjoyable part for me was watching them struggle to make the one cut film while they're shooting it and like all the things that come up that they have to um sort of you know work with on the fly like like you said the the drunk guy who has a drinking problem and he's he plays a zombie and they're trying to they're trying to get him to his his mark and he ends up uh he or maybe he's not a zombie like there's there's something about it where they're like what do we do with this guy like he can't he can't play his role anymore it's like we'll make him a zombie and they make him a zombie and and yeah. i was like i was i took notes so I took notes in chronological order and one of them's like weird puking zombies i wonder why they went with that and it turns out it like it has a plot point it it, it, it was, there was something about it in the reading room where they say oh uh, can you can you be vomited on and, and the lady says like no my agency won't let me but i guess it was like totally unplanned and the two yep. times that, that there's vomit in the film is that guy who has the drinking problem who vomits on two people. And I'm thinking, oh, is that part of the zombie lore? And it's like, no, yep. just he drank too much. And
0: no, he, it, my uh, my other my other favorite is is you find out that the director's wife, who has a role in the film, she does all kinds of weird dance and she does martial arts and self defense and she does all these weird things and. You find, and and she has a scene in the in the first thirty seven minutes of the movie where she does like a weird martial arts defense thing yeah. and attacks a zombie, and you're like, that was kind of weird. And then you find out later that that behind the scenes there's nobody filming her except there's like a producer there, and she's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this thing, and we're gonna improv this thing, and they're like, that's not in the script, and she's like, and she's like, yeah, they'll just roll with it, and you're like, oh, that's why that felt so weird. The, right. That wasn't supposed to happen.
1: Well, no, it was um it was also like because it was shot live and they had these these things comedic things that would pop up that it required them to stall. So yeah. when you're seeing that 40 minute the first 40 minute film, there's some awkwardness there. That's like, "Oh, what are they yeah. doing?" It's specifically that scene where you're talking about where they're talking about the self-defense. And I think they there's a bit of a difference between what actually is in the, in the first 40 minutes and what is in the making of there's, it, it feels a little bit longer in the making
0: and in, in showing yeah. in the
1: making of process. Um, but essentially they're I, like, and
0: I don't, I don't, I don't think it's an exact scene for scene no. duplication. I'm pretty sure a couple of them were reshot for the making scenes and that's fine. That makes total sense. They would have to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is just them vamping to, to, kill time until until they can get uh, the drunk guy into zombie makeup. And the other one was when you're watching uh, the first 40 minutes, there's this the sound guy. He's like, he's totally out of it. He's sitting to the side. He's like trying to leave the room and he's like, I just got to go. I just got to go. And they they lay in this like couple lines where he he's he's got some special dietary concerns where he needs to know where all the bathrooms are. He can't have specific uh, soda drinks and he ends up there's a switch of the soda drinks and he drinks them and then he gets an upset stomach. And and that's why he's like so out of it sitting down and wants to leave. And him screaming is him being, you know, off camera, him screaming as he runs out of the room, is him being held by like production assistants because he's he's running away from his mark, but he's like about to shit his pants because he's sick. And <laughs> yeah. And then what is it? They get him. So then they like oh well we he ran off It's like well how do we fix it well we have to make him a zombie so we can bring him back in and have a reason we need him yeah. to come back as a character and like because they're so strapped for time and they can't, he can't go to the bathroom he's got to like poop in the bushes and because they're so strapped for time he they have to put the makeup on him while he's pooping and it's like comical like farting sounds and stuff it's not serious at all yeah, yeah. but i thought like they had all these like fun ideas of what can go wrong when you're expected to film this 40 minute thing. And,
0: and the, and the key part of it all too, is at the end, there's this great crane shot. It's one of my favorite parts (laughs) of the end of the movie. The first 37 minutes is, there's this crane shot where the girl is standing inside of a a pentagram uh, and she's looking up at the camera and it's up in the sky and you're like, that's kind of neat. That's cool. And then, you find out that that was not that was part of the original script and at the last minute the the producers are like nah eh, that's too hard for us to do right now so we didn't bring in that crane we promised you so nah you're not going to shoot that you're just going to shoot it on the ground like you like you have to and the director is like literally like got to go out there in 5 seconds to do this and and his daughter's like no we got an idea and she gets all the zombies to, the pyramid and him to stand on top of them and them to do the crane shot and you're like oh that's awesome
1: yeah yeah they do like a pyramid and i mean there's a lot of stuff in this that like the way they connect it all and and i was saying to this pre-show like there's this father-daughter relationship as well where the daughter clearly like looks up to you know her parents because she wants to be this director and she takes everything very seriously and she sees her dad like being called like this uh his catchphrase is like cheap and average and that's all right or something like that and yeah yeah and you know he feels a little bit like he's let his daughter down and
0: and he and he's he's also trying to he's trying to make this a little better than what he promises because he's hoping that it will get him more work and you're like i get it he calls himself cheap and average but this is his opportunity to shine and they're telling him no just be cheap and average yeah
1: yeah and you know at the end his his daughter like kind of ends up saving that last shot, which was very important to him and to her and, and to the casting crew. And you get this like father daughter reunion type moment where, you know, they're working together and they're having a great time and they recreate the photo of, of them as a kid. Like he has a, he has a moment where he, he's like struggling to connect with his daughter. And honestly, it's like, I teared up at the end cause it was, it was a mm-hmm. very happy ending, you know, like they, uh, you know, they, 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 they got it to work and, and uh, they worked together, and they were happy to do it. And it's like, oh man, it was it was a good, it was a good ending. And I love, <laughs> I love that the there's the reason the wife doesn't act anymore is because she gets too into the roles, and like <laughs> you see that in the film. Yeah, uh, and and there's this weirdness too because like when they flip out of the film and they go to the making of it, there are actors that are playing the roles that are actually played by different people in the movie. And you're like, Oh, how's that going to work out? And, and I think it ends up being like a car crash or something. And and they kind of hand wave it away to, to bring in the director, the the real director and the director's wife uh, to be in the film. But like, she is hilarious. There's this moment at the end of the film where she gets off camera. She gets hit with an ax. There's a struggle and she's killed with an ax, but there's a moment in the finale where she like pops back up with with the axe in her head and you're like is that a goof because she pops back up for a second and then realizes that she's done something wrong and then pops back down yeah <laughs> and <laughs> then you get to the payoff at the very end of the film to see why that happened and it's because she's like she's like so lost in the role they try to stop her and she keeps doing like the the defense move and uh she does it twice <laughs> and she gets out of the Uh, out of the holds. And then they, and then the husband comes in and like two people grab her and she, they end up putting her in a sleeper hold and they knock her out while she's knocked out. And the camera's like, that's the reason we have that long, awkward scream at the end. They're putting makeup on her and putting the ax in her head. (laughs) um, The fake ax.
0: The, and the, the the other fun part for me is, is during the original 37 minutes, there's a, there's a scene where the camera lands on the ground yeah, and it's kind of artsy at first. You're like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then it seems like it sits there a little too long. Like, you're like, okay, all right. Like, it should only sit there for, like, 30 seconds, and it sits there for, like, two minutes, to the point where the actors get up and walk away. And you're like, huh. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere the camera gets picked back up again, you don't know by who. And then it chases off the person that runs chases and follows the person that runs off. And you're like, oh, okay, we're on the, we're on the we're on the're on the run again. Okay, cool. It's moving again. And in the background shot, you find out somebody bumps into them. The camera drops, and the camera wasn't supposed to fall. And somebody picks up the wrong camera or something like that and runs off and then the director and one of the other people are standing there looking at each other and looking at the camera being like, uh, 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 what are we going to do? And then one of the people just grabs the camera and runs and you're like, Oh, that's what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's this moment where, well, throughout the making of there's, there's the main cinematographer and then there's like an understudy or something. And she keeps saying like, Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to help. I want to help. And he's like, no, it's a one cut. It's too much for you. And he's got like a back problem, which is like played up a lot throughout the film. And then eventually his back does go. And that's the reason the camera falls over. And, um, there's, as Lou mentioned, there's the control, uh, center sort of scene. And I mean, it's just such a smart film, like the way they kind of stitch it together and it's kind of shot, you know, out of order. Like you get the film, so again it makes you think it's a movie within a movie and then it turns out it's a movie about making a movie and I just loved you know the way they tackled things and because it was a live shot they're like we have 3 minutes they knew they like they know exactly where they need to be and what they need to do and how much time they have between shots so they were taking this very seriously and they just keep having to resolve these issues that keep popping up and I I don't know like I I really I really loved it. I was confused at the 40 minute mark when the credits rolled and I thought, Oh, is that it? Um, But of course there was another hour or so left, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, there was another moment where um, the main actress is like hiding in a shed and she just ran randomly out of nowhere, like a a pair of zombie legs show up and it's kind of odd. It's kind of off putting. And she's like, she holds her breath. She's quiet. And it is, And then it's revealed in in the making of that it was a production assistant that came in and and they were stalling for time. They just put makeup on their legs and then the placard says, like, make sure you grab the axe outside or or something and, you know, to to tell the actress to go off script, basically. And I just thought, like, it's so clever the way they kind of, you know, fill in those weird quirks
0: in the film. There was all these weird quirks in that first portion that you're like. That was weird. This is okay. This was low budget. Okay. I get it. And then you go, you start to put the pieces together with that second half. And it's just the, everything about this movie is so clever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's
0: great. One of the things I, I did learn and I have heard is apparently when this was being it, this was all filmed and all done, but they were, it was very independent and they were trying to pitch it to a production company to get distribution rights. And so this showed up at a bunch of film festivals and when they showed it at one of the film festivals, the first one, um, like the executives and people from other studios, when that first 37 minutes end or 40 minutes end and the credits roll, they were like getting up from their seats and leaving. They didn't realize that the movie had like another hour and literally they had to like, st- the guy who directed it had to like go out in the hallway and be like, no, 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 movie's not over. Go back and sit down. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and here's the thing. There is a sequel. Uh, there's a sequel called one cut of the dead spinoff in Hollywood, which is a 59 minute feature that was made in 2019 for TV in Japan. Um, it's centered around, uh, the daughter from the first film making, making a movie, uh, just like, uh, her father did in one cut of the dead. And then there was a COVID-19 pandemic film, uh, in 2020, that is called One Cut of the Dead Mission Remote. So it's like a Zoom type thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's all. So the Zoom one is on YouTube. You can watch it for free. And I believe the sequel is probably, I would guess it's also on shutter I, I, I have watch.
0: not seen it. I have not seen it anywhere. So um, yeah. my guess is it might not have distribution rights in the US yet.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, because I'm not seeing it anywhere i'm just seeing if i can pull it up on just watch and see what pops up um yeah i'm only seeing the original to be honest so you might be right the original might be the only one that has has uh distribution rights but honestly this this one was um it's been on our list for a while and i was again lou and i were talking pre-show and i think like it's movies like this is the is the reason that zombies ate my podcast continues to be fun yeah all the time because this is this.
0: there's a reason why I picked this movie for us to watch is I knew that Ryan would enjoy this because it's so it's just so weird and it's it's not the usual fare that we cover on this show, yeah. So, uh, in fact, the first time I watched this, I did not, I, I went in blind, I only knew the name of the movie and I knew that there was some kind of famous long take, and that was all I knew about the movie. Because clearly it's called one t- one take and uh one cut of the dead. I knew it was about one take, and I was like, all right, whatever. And when those first thirty-seven minutes end, I was like, that can't be the end of this movie. Yeah. And again, I I I, I like an audience member was like, all right, let's roll these credits. Come on, come on. There's got to be something after this. And then the rest of the movie began, and I was like. That's a really clever thing, and again, I kept watching it expecting real zombies. And as the more and more the movie goes on, the more I realize there is no real zombies. That this is really, this is really a comedy that's pretending to be a horror movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of where I'm like, at first, it's like, oh, that's a really neat concept, and I, I could see maybe some folks would be disappointed that it doesn't turn out to be like a zombie film being shot interrupted by zombies. that's a neat concept, but I think they take it a step further, making it a, and making it a comedy that isn't like, you know, uh, everything that will go wrong does go wrong. Everyone's the worst. It's like, it's a balanced comedy. It's not like a, it's not like a, like, it just, it feels like it's a comedy that, that, that is grounded in a sense that like, yeah, I can totally see like a TV station, you know, telling them, no, you're not getting your final shot. And then them deciding like, well, how, do, how do we get this shot? We don't have a ladder. And them doing like a human pyramid, you know, like, I think like there's a lot of stuff like that. And they, they earn the moment with, you know, the mother, uh, you know, being too into her role. Cause they set that up over the course of the whole film. And then you eventually do see it happen where she's like kicking actors and, and, uh, and, uh, doing like, you know, her own stunts and stuff. And it's, it is just so great and it's such a fun watch and uh like I said it is it's a shorter watch and you know the first 40 minutes is is the zombie film the one-take zombie film and then the last hour is like the making of it but the making of it is super is super entertaining to kind of see like how how in their mind that would have been shot
0: you know like it's uh it's And really I don't be- I don't believe this has the world's record for one take but it is pretty damn close. I think that the, the 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 next thing for one take I think is only a few minutes longer than this.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and the, I mean the one take stuff is interesting. I I'm not. I mean, well the the one take um the one the, the thing that immediately comes to mind from the one take is that World War One film or maybe it was World War Two. Uh, yeah, you know the one I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah,
1: 1914 is that what? It, uh, yeah, I that think what it's that's
0: called? what
1: it's called. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, now now I'm not sure. Anyways, it's a it's a war film, and it's all like one. It's made to look like it's all one cut.
0: It's made to look like it's one take. It is not one take.
1: No, of course not. That would be. uh... It's
0: it's made to look like one take, but I believe there's about twenty cuts in the movie where, um, the, the 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 like someone walks through a doorway or through a dark hallway or whatever, and that's where the camera for the next take comes in, so that you're never. Um, you, you're never uh dis- uh You're never. It's never skewed. And this one really is just one take. Yeah,
1: it's actually 1917. I was off by three years, but I had the right idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, definitely check out One Cut of the Dead. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's on Shutter, and I Lou really appreciate you putting this one forward because again, like if it weren't for Zamp, I d- I don't think I would have seen this film. So you would
0: never even have heard of this if I hadn't suggested it to you. Exactly.
1: And I know it's come up a lot. We've I, I remember us talking about it. I think we even talked about it when it came out. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely popped up on Zamp before. But uh, yeah, don't sleep on this one. Check it out.
0: And not only that, but the other thing, too, is uh, this movie is the kind of film that like you've got a bunch of people over for a party or something and they've they're looking for something weird to watch. This is totally a movie you show people and they go, oh, my God, I really like this. Like, I can't imagine as long as you can handle subtitles, there isn't anybody that isn't going to like this movie. Mm -hmm. The the first 37 minutes, they're going to look at you and be like, this is really what you want me to watch. And then as soon as they realize it's a movie within a movie within a movie, you're going to be like, they're going to go, oh, okay, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I. I. I wonder, like for me, like I think obviously we really enjoyed it because we like zombie films. I think you still have to have an appreciation of zombie films to to really dig this film. Because um, it is it is very steeped in in the zombie genre, whether it's from the perspective of the actual zombie film to the perspective of making a zombie film. And I think that's where I like doubly enjoyed it because I really enjoy sort of like the comedic take on the entertainment industry and making movies like i think that that's really interesting and you can have a lot of fun with that but like i don't think this movie would have worked in other genres i think it works really well with the zombie genre you know um i'm just trying to think like what else could you i I can't i hesitate to find anything else that you could fit into this mold that isn't zombies and it would it would work you know like it's just something about this genre that is like you can kind of do really unique stuff with it so yeah i really loved it so definitely check it out everyone um as for what's coming up on zamp uh we are going to we're planning to do a check-in with the last of us on hbo as it's uh heading into its mid-season point if you've been watching it weekly like i have you're probably very much enjoying it and you're wondering what our thoughts are on uh the adaptation so far so we'll check in By the time we have another episode, we should have about five episodes, which is just over the halfway point because there are nine episodes in the season. So that is the plan. And uh, because I subscribed to Shudder for a month, we will throw in another zombie film shortly after that. So not sure what it'll be yet, but Lou is digging. He's looking for something, right?
0: Yeah, I am. I am looking for something. I have not found the right film yet but i'm sure it's just a matter of time and we will let you know next in in the next episode what we're going to watch
1: sounds good looking forward to it all right everybody well if you want to join in on the conversation in between episodes you can go to our discord bit.ly slash zamp discord i also want to thank all our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast that's where you can go to support the show directly help us subscribe to shutter pay for hosting costs or just rent some awesome zombie films like One Cut of the Dead. Uh, you can also go to our website, ZombiesAteMyPodcast.com. You can email us, info at ZombiesAteMyPodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Zombiespodcast. You can also find me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Lord. If you're more of a Facebook folk, you can go to Facebook.com slash Zombies And finally, a quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his great stuff at JoelDuggan.com dot com lou before we exit stage right or no sorry left i almost missed our cue there um what fine busy zombie lord knowledge do you have for everyone at home
0: just because it has subtitles doesn't mean it isn't good
1: 100 percent, unless it's zombie 2 I, I i don't remember anything about that film but i remember not liking it
0: <laughs> yep It's not a good film. Is
1: there some sort of shark in it, or am I making that up? That's
0: that's, yeah, that's 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 zombie. Yeah, that it has a shark in it. It's the one thing that that movie's famous for. Is it? It's a real guy in a uh, in a in a zombie costume punching a shark. Mm -hmm. That's real.
1: Okay.